Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Church planner. So it's Pete Mitchell. I can't hear you, but Grogu. I just said, looks hey, real. church planner. This is Pete Mitchell. Now you say your name. Are we starting? Yes. Oh, you better start over. I'm not starting over. I am not editing because of you. Why? Why did you wait till I was away from the mic to start? Why did it's you? Not like we've been doing this. The mic. I don't understand. I was showing you Grogu. I don't. I don't think this episode's going to go the way you think it's going to go. Really? Yeah. <gasps> what? Okay. So, welcome to the Church Planner. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the Church Planner Podcast. I am Peyton Jones. This is Pete Mitchell. And uh, we are joining together for a special holiday episode of the Church Planner Podcast. But because it's our holiday episode... We get to do what we do every every week, basically. We just talk a bunch of smack, but because it's holiday, we're, we're going to give you and us some time off. We're not talking about church planning, which means I'm doing no work today. <laughs> Pete never does that part. So so I'm... Yeah, I, I sit there and go, huh. That's <laughs> no, you don't even do that. That's because you go, never let me talk, okay? You never <laughs> let me talk in the podcast. <laughs> hey, it's the holidays. This is when all the emotional pain, the wounds open. And hey, hope you guys are being blessed with your family. Be sure, friends, to bring up politics around the Christmas table in your gatherings of two or three families or less. Uh, that would be a do as I say, don't do as I do. Governor decree. Yes, it would. And by the way, I might add to you that, uh, you know, as bad as we have it, we don't have it as bad as Wales. Wales has mandatory lockdowns. Like, like you are, boom, like we are still more free than what, what we think. But here's the deal. And they don't in Wales. They announced at midnight, like they announced earlier in the day, like 6 p.m. They're like, yeah, um, we're going to be on mandatory lockdown again, starting at midnight tonight. So everybody went flipping nuts. We just got a message from Wales yesterday where they're like, you know, like hours of warning. So people were like stampeding stores, huge lines down the block. You just can't do that to people. You know, it's just not right. So I'm telling you, man, they would totally do that to us here in California. If we didn't have so many guns, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Perhaps. Our governor would totally do it. Perhaps. Perhaps. What do you mean, perhaps? Well, I, I I think America right now is beyond the point of accountability. You know, to, uh, look, until somebody does rise up and say, look, enough. Like, for example, 
I, uh, sorry, happy holidays, everybody. Holy days. I'm not taking Christ out of it, but here's, <laughs> here's it's all right. This is, this is going to air after Christmas. Well, before here's the deal. Here's the deal. When I saw what was in that stimulus, what do you think is going to happen when 2020 turns 21 and can start drinking? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, but honestly, when I saw what was in the stimulus bill and, and apparently it's not too different from what's in every single major bill that gets passed all of this nonsense. Okay. I, I watched Trump's thing yesterday where he came on and, pointed out some of what was in it. And I watch a few other videos on it. Now, uh, I'll be honest. I take everything that everyone says with a grain of salt, doesn't matter if it's Trump or some guy on YouTube. I, I don't know ever if I can really believe what's being said. Right. By either side. It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and here's the thing, but I am convinced that both Republicans and Democrats right now are just plain evil, man. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like the amount of, of paybacks and grease palms and, you know, I'll do this for your, your little agenda and working for the lobbyists. Like there was no concern for the American people from either Republicans or Democrats in that bill. I, I know that America collectively feels screwed right now by our leaders. Like, really? That's what you did? I, I didn't get a stimulus check, nor do I want a stimulus check. Uh, I, I know. Want- Mine and yours, but I didn't get them either. Yeah, but but my thought is, dang, there are people that really need this. The restaurant industry needs help. Small business owners need help. That's where that money should be going. And I was horrified, to be honest, yesterday about that. Yeah, no, it's uh, no, I agree. It's it's really evil seeing these guys and i thought uh you know one of the great memes was it's one of uh, the oldest tricks in the book you take someone's money from them and then you give them a little bit of it back and you're like oh see look how great i am look at look at what i'm doing for you and right. it's like yeah dude you guys take tens of thousands of dollars from me every year right and then and here's six hundred dollars and which i don't pain. even get and it's like you know the best meme i saw on this was keep in mind not a single one of these politicians has gone a day without their paycheck. Yeah. That to me says it all, right? So, yeah, it does. Anyways, yeah, is that for a holiday special? It's really, really good, my friend. What is our holiday special? We haven't even gotten into it yet. You weren't paying attention. That's all right. So uh, let's talk about Mandalorian because that's what you wanted to talk about today. So I do. I do. Okay. So before we get into it, everybody, this is absolutely a a spoiler. We are not going to hold First of all, you can't call it a spoiler at this point because if you haven't watched The Mandalorian by now, you're not watching The Mandalorian. Like you're not part of the crew that's watching The Mandalorian. Right. You, 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 okay. You, you probably don't even have Disney Plus. I mean, really, let's let's think about it. If you haven't watched it by now, yeah. But don't probably- you look? I I do feel bad. You know, there's usually like a two week rule, right? Like unspoken rule for video games, for whatever it is. That if there's spoilers, you don't talk about it. That is the professional standard in the industry. But if you give a spoiler alert, on quarantine, like I'm giving, two weeks is about two minutes in real time. <laughs> We should we should have that soundbite from Mars. Uh, what, what's the one? Not Mars Attacks. Um, two weeks. No, oh, no, that was a uh, uh, total recall. Get, yeah, total recall. Get ready for a surprise. Boom, and then we go into our spoiler. Oh, that would be so good if only we had that. <laughs> but anyways, so okay, Mandalorian. We got to talk about the season finale. If you've not seen it, you need to back up right now, my friend. Get the heck out of here. Get out of this podcast and get your butt in front of your sofa. Order Disney Plus today. That's right, my friends. Don't stop. Don't pass go. Don't collect two dollars. Get it today. Right. That's why I can't be a salesman. All I, I know. I, okay, so l- let me set it up. You call me Friday. I don't know, early evening, late afternoon, <laughs> something like that. And you're like, so? And I'm like, so what? Like, I, I was like, I had no idea what you were talking. 
what'd you think? what I think about what? And I was like, what did I say? It was like some movie you told me to watch or something. I, I don't know. Some other movie we were talking about. Oh, I don't remember. And then you're like, Mandalorian. <laughs> I didn't see it. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to watch it tonight. And you're like, <gasps> call me back as soon as you watch it. Call me back. Yeah. And? And I think I sent you a text. Hey, did you watch the credits? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, that? did you see the uh, after credits scene? Now, keep in mind, John Favreau gave us Iron Man. And he was the one, he was the first guy that started these, you know, in credit scenes where you stay past the credit in a Marvel movie and you, you get a clue for the next one. Well, they did that at the end. And a lot of people missed it. But for me, I was watching, I'm like, whoa, there's like five, six minutes still when the end credit that something's well, going and on. Normally they play images like of the, the episode while they're. Oh, the I credit. didn't catch it. And this yeah. was all black. So it was different. The end credits were different. So what I loved was Bib Fortuna, which I had as his action figure. And he was the one that goes, e Jabba no bada. right? I, I mean, he was a great character. He's all creepy. And I love that. And then anyways, he's a fat cat now. He's really taking Jabba's place. Yeah, he's all overweight. He's not quite like Jabba, but he's sitting there like a fat cat feeling Boba, all important. Boba, you dead. <laughs> He's just a slime ball. It was so rad what they did with this character. And of course, Boba just doesn't even say anything to him. Just get out of my way and uh, sits on the throne. That was a rad ending shot for Boba. Yeah. He's going to be the new crime Lord. And I'm totally down with that. He's going to start a, a, I'm guessing he's going to start a boat bounty hunter. We're going to see, but what's going to happen to the Mandalorian now? He handed Grogu back. Good. You didn't like Grogu? Not not like everyone else. I mean, oh, I do, man. It, it's it, there's a samurai uh, manga called um, Lone Wolf and Cub. It's about this samurai who has a baby, and they've totally based this on this because you know, I, I think we've talked about this before. But Lone Wolf and Cub is what this whole thing was based on, and so he's a samurai traveling, trying to keep this baby alive, trying to get him back where he belongs, and it's that whole uh, uh, whatever, whatever you call it. Motif. Here's, 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 let me start in with my problems. This one, for some reason, it, it just finally cemented for me since they're given Boba his own show. It again cements for me just how bad the prequels were. Because if that was, was, uh, what was his name in that movie? Was it Django? Yeah. Uh, was it Django? Yeah. Django Fett? Yeah. Why wasn't his armor green? Why was it blue? Well, it's the green. Mandalorian armor is blue. No, it's not. Well, yeah. no, okay, not the Mandalorian. I'm talking about Boba. So Boba spray painted because he went rogue. He took his dad's armor and went rogue and became a bounty hunter. So he covered up the fact his that dad was, was already a bounty hunter. Correct, which is why he took the job with the Camino. My point is, why wasn't it green in the prequels? It shouldn't have been that he changed oh, it. It was his dad's yeah. armor. Well, because there was no point for him because... Uh, there was no his... point anytime. Well, think about it. Jango hid in the shadows. Boba's out in the open, right? Like, Boba's out walking around. When you see Jango, he's hiding in, in Camino. He, he kind of is out of the, Again, and then he's in the shadows. Is it should have been the same color. Like if they're going to make this, the trend, like he's got his dad's armor, then he shouldn't have changed his dad's armor. He should be like, it's dad's armor. No, I love the, I love it's the fact he, he sprays it and paints it and makes it his own. Like, I love that about Boba. I, I, that worked for me. You know what? I'm going to end this podcast right now. Cause you're just beyond help. You're, you're just beyond. Hey, Hey, Hey. You know, we are both true Star Wars fans, just two different type of Star Wars fans. That's what yeah. I love about this. Yeah. It's like Christians, you know, like there's a good Christian and bad Christian. And I'm totally the good Christian. You're totally the bad Christian. Amen. It's like Star Wars fans. We're, we're both going to, 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 I was looking for, I don't know where we're Dagobah. I mean, we're both going to heaven, right? <laughs> just, Dagobah just, is not heaven. <laughs> I was, I was like, Corazon, where do I go with this? You know? The Jedi Temple, whatever island that was. Alderaan, pre-blow up. As bad as the prequels were, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say 
that if I took the prequels and the sequels and put them side by side, to me, the prequels win over the sequels. I'm really going to hang up now. Really? You like the sequels better than the prequels? Last Jedi, come on. Last Jedi sunk the whole trilogy. Last Jedi sunk everything. I'll grant you that, but nothing was as bad as those prequels. Episode three, and this is where you and I, episode three is so good. And most people, they hate on the prequels, agree that three was decent. No. Yes. (laughs) No! (laughs) She was alive! (laughs) You killed her. So here's the thing, though, right? Like, both both the prequel and the sequel each had a good episode because I thought Force Awakens was really good. From then on, it tanked. Yeah. yeah, it was good. You and I were kind of excited about that one. I love three and I love seven. Those those two could be redeemed in my mind. I actually love three. I got to be honest. I love 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 three, but uh, and I love 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 seven. But uh, other than that, I, I think I'm good. You know. I don't know. I thought the first season of The Mandalorian was awful. <coughs> like, yeah, I watched it because I was like, okay, I'll watch it. But it was awful. They first totally episode in the second season. Yeah, first episode and last two episodes of The Mandalorian. If you took those three, they uh, it, the the key to all of them was they all had IG eighty eight. All amazing. That the story arc in season one was good. All the rest was filler. Like I did not like the one with Bill Burr right before the season finale of season two. I was like, that was a throw. There were certain ones where you just felt like, why is this even in here? Like that one was a filler. I didn't need a filler, you know, let's go, uh, you know, uh, and take off the helmet. And you and I talked about it. Um, it was okay. It would have been more potent if he hadn't taken off the helmet in the last Why did they do that? I so agree. Why did... So when he takes his helmet off in the season finale, you're like, for Grogu, you're like, oh, but you just did that for an Imperial. Like, okay. Now, granny, he did it for Grogu for different reasons, but I agree. It muted it. thing where he only takes off his helmet in the season finale. (laughs) Yeah, when when you got a big thing that he never does, but you're going to make it a big deal that he did it, Kind of make it count and don't do it twice in a row. Yeah. So John Favreau and Dave Filoni just know that Pete and Peyton over here, you know, we're telling you how to do this. <laughs> we're obviously better filmmakers than they are. Obviously. No doubt. You know, you know, hey, hey, uh, you know, uh, no, it wasn't going to work. I was going to talk about how, you know, they, they're probably better church planners than we are, but uh, we are definitely the better filmmakers. Well, you know what they say. Where sin is, grace abounds all the more. (laughs) Are you doing your devotions during this? (laughs) You're multitasking. So so tell me your impressions of the whole episode. I still think, let me back up first. I still think the best episode overall, um, because this one was different. The last few minutes kind of just, changed my life right but the uh that aside because you can't but if i just compared them episode for episode still the best one was when he fought that chick near the pond you know and ahsoka Ahsoka tono tano was in it to me that was still the best episode of the season that was dave filoni's baby right there he brings her back and i still think that was a masterpiece of an episode um but this episode of course, all they had to do was play the Luke card. And when Luke comes out, it trumps everything. So um, what I'm interested to hear, Pete, is kind of your uh, your take on when Luke showed up. At what point did the penny drop for you? And were you like, oh, my gosh, are they really going to do this? Like, wh- what was your feeling when all that was unfolding? Uh, I figured it was him when we saw his black glove. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's Luke, because who else would it be? Did you kind of think, hmm, X-Wing? I thought the when they CGI said, oh. was horrible. Yeah. I was like, see, this is the problem with CGI, 
it just it doesn't look like a real person standing there and talking. So I watched it first on my phone and it looked rad. Well, then I watched it on my big TV (laughs) and it did not look rad. Right. So uh, like any emotion did it's they were trying to do the rogue one Darth Vader scene. They were. I picked up on that. I that was confirmed today. I, I watched a video that talked about it, and the guy said, "Yeah, this is what we're doing." But um, the Darth Vader still better. Oh, of course. I mean, well, because Luke's fighting robots, it's not the same. He's and he's fighting not the, robots, and it was all spread out throughout the ship. Right. Like Darth was like, they were all right in front of him, and he was just plowing through them to get to the end. So. Um, Lucas had a term, he would say rhythmic poetry. So he liked seeing those things play out like that, where there was like an opposite of everything. There was like a poetic dance going on. So that's what they were trying to do by showing, literally filming that as if it were Darth Vader coming through the hallway, which was effective. I thought it was very good. Very well done. My favorite scene in that was the, uh, the robot, that Luke kills just with the force. Wasn't that great? Very last one. Yeah. And it just, I was like, that that was cool. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because that's apparently kind of like a, a, a Sith, borderline Sith power. So um, when a Jedi does that, it's kind of like, ooh, it's a little bit naughty. So like Obi-Wan does yeah, it, did it to General Grievous. He did it to a robot. So. O- Obi-Wan does it when, when he's, um, or no, Mace Windu does it. Mace Windu does it to to Grievous in the cartoon right before um, episode three. The reason that uh, Grievous is coughing all the time is because Mace. Now, Mace is, he's one step from the dark side. Mace Windu is like, that's his character. That's why his lightsaber is purple. It's blue and red Whatever. combined. It is. It is. Whatever. Um, no, for for real though. Whatever. That is not the reason why George. Hey, hey, I read. I read. George That's, Lucas said the reason why he did it is because Samuel L. Jackson was like, "Well, I don't want to be a blue or green in the middle of the." Pit. I thought that's what Samuel Jackson said. I don't well, think sure. that's well. Okay, and then George Lucas was like, "Okay, all right, I'll make well, it." Well, because Mace Windu uses something called the pod which is like the, the it's just going over into the dark side slightly See, for his fighting style. No, no. It's true. It's true. It's not canon. They pop. Not canon. Let me tell you what canon is. Canon are nine movies, a couple of other standalone mm-hmm. movies. And canon is six movies because Kathleen Kennedy is gone. <laughs> and what was the <laughs> legends, what we call legends is now becoming canon. Is That's what they're doing. Him? Yeah, she's gone. So she's still there, but she has no power, no creative power at all. They're handing it to Favreau and Filoni now. They are now taking her place. It'll be interesting to see what happens with those guys running it. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be awesome. I mean, mean, you know, don't forget Star Wars has been fraught with difficulty even back in Lucas's day. Don't forget the Christmas special. That was the first four into TV shows. Don't forget Ewoks, which are still super dumb and lame. I don't. I don't care what what you what you think about that. What, Ewoks are lame. What's the problem with Ewoks, dude. All I'm saying is we should have had a planet of freaking Ugnots. Ugnots were the bomb, man. Little pig dudes in Empire. I wanted a whole planet of them. Okay, the Ewoks rode the speeder bikes with his legs flying off the. That back. was cool, but it was meant to be cute and chuckly, and it was stupid. But anyways. Uh, but dude, so my nickname, I don't know if you remember this, my nickname for Eden used to be the Ugnot. Do you remember that? No. Kind of mean. You think? Yeah. You used to call her the Ugnot. I thought you called her Supergirl. Her nose did turn up a little bit. So, you know, yeah, Supergirl too, when around my wife, but in private Ugnot, the Ugnot. She was the Ugnot on the podcast. Oh, she did the troll thing to me this morning. Woke me up. Troll thing. Remember when she used to come by my bed and like freak me out? Yeah. She'd like sneak up in the shadows and I'd feel this hand touch me. And I one one night, for those of you listening, I I I she woke me up and I thought in in my semi-lucid um dreamlike state, I pictured a troll um touching me and waking me up. So I half saw a troll when I looked over. What did you say when you saw her? I don't remember. I think it was something like a troll. 
like, give your poor dog this freaking complex. It probably was. Get away from me, troll. <laughs> it was something like that. I'd have to go back and listen to that episode. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. But she trolled me this morning, and, uh, you know, it, it, it was 4.30 in the morning. She is so excited about Christmas. She's seven. And, but, you know, uh, Eden is like the eternal, like, child. She is just like, she's, it's everything's still magical to Eden. Everything is magical. So she's that kid. And uh, so she's like, Dad, can we get up? And like, and, and I'm like, no, it's 4 30, go back to bed. And she's like, Dad, I'm thinking about what present I want to open first. Which one do you, I'm like, go to bed. <laughs> She wants to have this long conversation at 4.30 in the morning about presents. One day I will miss this. That's not so bad. Yeah, it's all right. 4.30. I mean, she had a good night's sleep, I suppose. I didn't. But, yeah, so uh, let me me tell you my thoughts on Luke. So I knew when they said X-Wing, I went into it anticipating because I had read some dork on the Internet who goes, man, they've dropped a few hints. It's either got to be Mace Windu's not dead or Luke. And I'm like, oh. So I went in thinking, Luke or Mace Windu, which is it going to be? We were actually sitting there going, is it Ahsoka? And I was like, I don't think she's got an X-Wing, mm-hmm. but she was the only other Jedi person we'd seen. So, Yeah, dude. So same here. I um, <clears throat> COVID, oh. COVID, COVID cough. Less coughs, have you noticed? No. I, um, I'm in Liberty's room. Temporarily, so I'm not sitting in uh, asbestos anymore, or what? Not asbestos, I'm fiberglass. So uh, this room's done. They're doing my office currently. So, but anyways, um, so I'm watching it. I'm watching it. Brandon Brooks texts me five in the morning, dude, and I'm up. So he's like, dude, if uh, don't get on social media, whatever you do, it'll ruin it for you. But watch it right now i know what he's talking about so I, I i i listen i obey my master and i will be rewarded so i actually watch and i'm i'm like i'm sitting there in my office drinking my coffee it's it's going watching it on your phone on my phone which shows desperation like i gotta watch this thing because i'm thinking like it's a big moment for me when i put the mandalorian on on the big screen i love it what's a big screen like, okay. by the way uh, I don't even know the measurements of mine, but it's probably half of yours. <laughs> well, most TVs are. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm watching it and I, the whole episode, to be honest, meh, I didn't think it was that great. And uh, I did not like that the Mandalorian chick gets the best of Boba Fett in that little brawl at the beginning. I, that really disappointed me. I don't even remember the brawl. They do a bit of smack talk when he Boba goes, we don't need these two. And then the girl goes, yeah, well, you know. Blah, 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 blah. You're not a Mandalorian. I never said I was that one. Yeah, and then they fight, and she kicks his butt. Yeah, but in all fairness, she's probably a bigger fighter than him. Like, Yeah. I mean, probably. you look at the cartoons, and she used that as canon. She's, but it wasn't the red-haired chick. It was oh, um, the red-haired chick. Wasn't Bo-Katan or whatever. It was. Uh, oh, it was some no-namer. And I'm I like, have to go what? back and watch it. So I was a little, I was a little disappointed. Like you can't do that to my Boba. And then, um, anyways, watch a whole episode. Now, Andrea, my wife, when she watched it my second time through, she was terrified by the dark troopers. She was like her, her anticipation, the tension for her. She's like, oh my gosh, this is the scariest one yet. I can't watch this. And I said, whoa, what's up? She goes, these are like a million Terminators coming after. I'm like, huh, that's kind of true. That's kind of cool. I hadn't really thought about it. I'm like, you know, droids, dark troopers. I played that video game back in the nineties. Yeah. Um, See, I got a problem with all of a sudden, well, the weakest part was the the soldier. We got rid of him and now it's droids. I'm thinking I've seen every droid in Star Wars. Ain't none of them that bad. Right. 
Well, yeah, that was kind of a weird line, especially given that he was a geneticist. <laughs> so, oh, the weakest problem was, you know, organic genes. But I'm a geneticist, and that was my solution. Um, didn't make sense. So, uh, especially given his pet project. Um, but, you know, uh, but then when Luke came in, it was so weird, man, because when they said X-Wing, I went, oh, but I thought that could still be Mace, right? That could be anybody. And then I thought, well, that could be a Sakatano, or it could be some Jedi. Why would this Mace is- still be alive and then have done nothing? Same thing with Ahsoka. Did nothing in Star Wars, Empire, Return of the Jedi. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. That's a really good point. Like, I want to argue with you reflexively because I want, I want him to be Mace alive. Is Mace is dead. But why didn't Ahsoka do anything? Seriously. Dude, I will literally bet you in the next year or two, and I will I will bet you my Boba Fett helmet. No, I can't because that was a gift. I'll bet you Grogu, even though you don't want my... I want Grogu. You don't want my Grogu. That's amazing, by the way, everybody. I own a Grogu who is actually... Um, it's the... Uh, is it General Giant? No. Who's the studio that made him? I don't remember the studio, but um, Adam Savage. It's the replica. It's like the life-size replica of him. He has hair. He has like eyes that you're are jealous like, of him because you keep mentioning he has hair. You, you're like, hey, he's got hair and I don't. <laughs> There's some issues, some deep issues coming out right now. But you know, going back to the whole, um, <clears throat> um, I I would bet you in two years, Mace Windu's back and they bring him back because okay, that's what the fans back, want. And I'm sorry, he. <clears throat> Did nothing in Star Wars Empire. That's true. But, you know, we have this thing, though, right, where Yoda goes into hiding. And Yoda, if Luke hadn't found Yoda, if Ben had not appeared to Luke in that blue ghost in, on Hoth, Yoda would have never done anything either. And and I know you're, you're right. Like, I 100% agree with you with your reasoning. But... I think the fans want Mace, including me, want him to come back so bad that we will forgive everything. You know, like, oh, bring him back. Like, I've seen, like, images where his eyes are all white and he's all, like, shocked, white shocked hair. He's all, like, gnarled and scarred up. It would be awesome, right? Like, it. yeah, I don't know. Boba worked for me. How he's all beat up and, like, burnt. And I, I was so into that and how he's all old and stuff. I'm like, this is the coolest way to reintroduce Boba Fett where he's, he's just old and he's savage and he's, he's not the same dude he was. I was like, this is awesome for him. But anyways, going back to Luke coming, this is a big moment for me. There has not been in the entire star Wars universe, except one time that brought me back to my childhood and just can melt me. And that's when Chewbacca cries over Princess Leia dying in the last. Um, Princess Leia or Han Solo? The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, really? When, okay. No, when when Chewbacca dies or when Chewbacca cries about Princess Leia, there was something about that scene that took me back to being a, a kid. Um, and I don't know what that was, but maybe the deep inner child and Peyton was mourning the death of what they did to star Wars. Like Chewbacca was mourning the death of princess Leia, but no, uh, this scene with Luke is the closest thing I have felt to being 10 years old in a movie theater when return of the Jedi came out. Cause I remember every, I remember seeing every single movie in the theater, right? Um, some of them multiple times, but I remember lining up for hours outside of the theater for Return of the Jedi. I remember watching that. I was 10 years old last Friday. Again, I've heard other people say this. I literally cried. Like, like, dude, I teared up. Like, it was like, it was powerful. I didn't and understand I knew. why everyone's like, did you cry? Did you? I'm like, why are people crying? I don't get it. Because they're not karate man. I'm like, dude, Pete, you're karate man. Let them go. <laughs> I didn't care about that, to be honest. That's I what I thought wonder, everyone was saying. Did you cry? Because No, that. dude, for me, it was seeing Luke. To me, it was just something like I never thought, ever, especially after what they did to him in The Last Jedi, that I would ever see Luke Skywalker. And beyond, I'll be honest, I was not impressed 
by the scene in the rise of Skywalker, where they digitized Luke and Leia and had him sparring. I did not like that scene. Um, I didn't like that. Leia kicks his butt would never happen. Right. Um, I didn't, but again, it was more girl power. Hey, girl power is great, but don't keep making every woman just automatically stronger than every man. Cause she's a woman, which is what, what they've been doing with star Wars. I didn't buy the whole. And she quit that night. Like, seriously, seriously, you've been training to be a Jedi all this time. And then, Oh, because one day I'm going to have a kid. And whatever. Let me tell you something. Princess Leia, her character was such that if she had some power to use, for the for the resistance or anything, she would use every single bit of it. She would never yeah. put it on hold. That right. woman was a warrior to the core. Talk right. about a strong woman. Star Wars used to always get strong women right. And now I feel like with Mandalorian, they're starting to get it again. Bo-Katan, rad, totally believable. Um, the big shock trooper chick that's, I don't even know her name. Totally rad, girl power in the right way. But all this Kathleen Kennedy nonsense, that we've been seeing this like social justice warrior Star Wars crap, not working at all, not believable, right? Princess Leia just beats Luke. No, she didn't. She didn't train with Yoda, right? I I, I mean, she trains with Luke, but Luke ain't no Yoda. You know what I'm saying? Like right. Luke was trained by the best. So, and Luke goes and says a Jedi holocron's like, no, Luke is the man. And so you can't, but anyways, <coughs> when Luke comes in, Man, that was awesome. His buckle, his clothes, the black gloved hand, just so good. And they gave the same signal by showing the gloved hand in the same way that they did um, in The Force Awakens, where you see that vision in that one scene and you see that you see the black glove touch R2 briefly. Like those little like touches of like we're not going to show you yet but we're just going to tip the hand of it no pun intended but we're just going to we're going to do the same trope here where you just see that black glove and you kind of know so i love that there was a gradual like you see him from the back then you see the lightsaber then so x-wing black cloak um green lightsaber then black hand then the belt buckle you know, shot from the, you're still not seeing his face. They, they led you gently into it. That music, by the way, is insanely good mm. for his entrance. I mean, I, I know I'm raving right now, but that music is unreal. Like, I love the, the score that they play for his appearance. It was just, it was almost tragic. It, it, it was this weird, it's not like a joyous, it's almost like a somber tone when he's coming in. It's majestic. It to me, it 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 was likened to when you watch um Polar Express. Closest, closest to pick. <laughs> Pete had to get up and walk away. I think I I think I've uh, I've crossed the line. <laughs> Right. Crossed the line, didn't I? I did something. Did you really say it's like when you watch Polar Express? Yes, but, really but hear me. You'll understand what I'm saying. The closest depiction I've ever seen to the majesty of God is in Polar Express when Santa appears and there's that buildup. And to me, it just reminds me of like if God were about to enter the room. And for me, that scene with Luke Skywalker, just, just taking tropes, uh, motifs, epic, whatever you want to do, um, whatever you want to call it, it was like unto the Savior appearing after the death and resurrection when he suddenly appears in the room with the apostles. It was that feel and the way that they did that with Luke. And I'm not trying to be blasphemous. If you're listening, you know what I'm saying. There are certain truths in the universe that will be played out over and over and yes, this was. Um, I'm sorry, but you thought. lost me at. It's like when you watch Polar Express, dude. Go watch that and think about. I'm not God. watching that. You can't make me. What's wrong with you? you can't make me, Kathleen Kennedy. You're you holding a puppy. You're holding a puppy. If you know Soul P. Mitchell. Oh. What a humbug! This is my girl right here. <laughs> Ow. Ow. Biting me. 
I, hey, I'm going to send the ghost of, of uh, Pitbull's past. Ricky and Lucy will visit you tonight before the clock strikes 12 to try to save your soul. <laughs> I'm not watching Polar Express. You can't make me. Have you never seen it? I don't know. I have no idea. It doesn't sound like a movie I would see. Pete, you will believe again once you do. Ooh. And for those of you that have seen it, you, you understand how awesome that is right there. There is no one in our audience who's watched it. Oh, oh, so not true. I expect to see an uproar of our listeners letting Pete know that you watch Polar Express and you love. But anyways, that's my take on uh, on Luke. And yes, I was I was floored. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this was amazing. So to me, that whole episode is reduced to the last five minutes. Probably because that's the only part that I went back and rewatched. Yeah. Um, I would say that the thing that I hate the most is the dark saber. Like, I hate it just as a, a weapon. As, it, it's like, okay, light it doesn't make sense. No. And why does it have to be so ugly? Like the cool thing about lightsabers is they were blue. They were green. They were red. I mean, that's what they were. Right. And now all of a sudden we got <clears> white, we got yellow, uh, we got purple i mean those aren't those aren't and now we got this black one it just looks ugly like it doesn't look good yeah so i don't know that doesn't really do it for me what doesn't make sense to me and this is where they lost me when they introduced the dark saber i remember from the cartoon it was always kind of meant to be like the excalibur the mandalorians but my i i thought i thought it pierced uh, Mandalorian armor, and that's why the ruler had it because it was the only thing that could pierce it besides a lightsaber. So, to me, the other day when they said it, so it can't pierce Mandalorian armor, and I'm like, well, what's the point of it then? Like, it, it kind of was they actually took a concept that could have been really cool. Like you get to rain because you can cut through any Mandalorian's armor. You have Excalibur. That's what Excalibur was. Right. It, it cuts through suits of armor like butter. And, and that's what made King Arthur so powerful. But now you've got this sword that, well, you know, it doesn't, can't really cut through Mando, but you get to rule the Mandalorians if you hold it. It was like, okay, that was a misstep. That was dumb. And and it wasn't just you get to rule Mandalorian if you hold it. It was you have to win it in battle. Whereas in the cartoon, it wasn't that way. Cartoon is just if you had it, you could rule. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so now, like, that's what season three is going to be about is she's going to want to, you know, basically take out the Mandalorian to get the dark saber. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. I just yeah, no, I, I don't like the dark saber. I, I don't like it as as a lightsaber at all. That's why I was saying when Ahsoka is fighting the Mandalorian, and like he can hold back the two lightsabers with his armors. It's like no, you can't. You just lost an arm. It's gone. Right. That's right. that's Star Wars. Otherwise, yeah. why don't you just make everything out of that metal, and now you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. Yeah, true. Well, Brandon Brooks put this. He he said, uh, uh, he texted me, he said, apparently Mark Hamill's there and used in the process as well. Every reaction video with grown men crying with joy was our age. <laughs> right? So he and I are the same age. And he says, I heard your review of last week's. I was confused why Bill Burr took off his helmet the whole time if he was worried about being seen by the Empire. Good point, right? Except that no one would know because they always wear a helmet. Like, and then he goes, also, why did the Mandalorian, who never shows his face, have a fine-trimmed mustache? <laughs> so that was so good. That's the best line yet. <laughs> so, and, you know, uh, Brandon Brooks is our listener who is a, a Hollywood insider. So that carries a bit of weight. That's all I'm saying. So uh, anyways, he also said, I watched a thing about uh, Dave Filoni and, and Favreau rescuing the past in the J.J. Ryan Johnson sequels. Luke will be in future shows, they said, with what I believe is with Sebastian Stan. So it's another actor. They picked um, Max Lloyd-Jones, which I would be very interested to know. Any relation to Lloyd-Jones? I just wonder. 
Um, obviously a Welshman. They say British actor, but usually that's a Welsh person. Lloyd-Jones is a Welsh name. And then he said, uh, yeah, so anyways. So that's it, man. That's all I got. Uh, you know, ho- holiday uh, holiday meeting, holiday uh, podcast. Mandalorian, there you go. So while you're watching The Mandalorian, <laughs> and pretty soon the book of Boba Fett and uh, Andor. Well, Pete, with eight new shows with Star Wars and church planning, I don't have time. Here's the here's the thing. Okay, how many of them are cartoon and how many of them are live action? You know what's funny is the day they announced the Bad Batch um, cartoon, which is really like CGI. Yeah, this is weird. I I just happened because I'm catching up on the Clone Wars, the seasons. Oh, I missed just, the last two seasons. I watched it that morning. You just seen it, yeah? Yeah, like that morning with my coffee, I watched it, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I see. I'm not interested in any of the cartoons. I like live action. I want to see lightsabers, dude. I gotta I tell you, plastic stormtroopers. Apparently, but see, are- this is the kind of Star Wars fan that you are that I respect. So, one of my church planners in New Breed is um, he's uh, a purist. He's only seen the first three, the original three, and he goes, "Nope, that's all I'm ever going to see." see. I, if I, I, there's no way a real Star Wars fan could just stop at those three. But in a sense, it he, is a, he is the the purest Star Wars no, fan. I, he's not into sci-fi is what it is. No, he you, is. You could Dude, not, I'm telling you. not watch. You, you were just, the love he heard, is so great. You have to give it a shot and you have to let your hopes be dashed like the rest of us. He's a real, let me tell you something. Dude has in his office, like a picture above his desk is. Um, Jesus with a lightsaber. The entire cast of Star Wars in a band rocking it out with Darth on the mic and you know uh, Chewbacca on the keyboards or on the drums or whatever. It's it's a rad picture. Stormtroopers playing bass guitar. It's awesome. And then um, he's got a Jawa, like a life size Jawa, holding a platter, and he's got something stupid in it, like some bowl or whatever. But he is a real Star Wars fan. But he's like, no, no one's going to ruin that. No one's going to take that from me. So he's watched. He is the purest. That's what I'm saying. There's different types of good Star Wars fans. I get what you're selling. I don't know that I'm buying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I get it. But, you know, if he hears your review of these prequels, he goes, you know what? Why even why even give myself that kind of pain? You know, like I, I hear what you're saying. I just don't believe it. Yeah. Well, so so I'm the opposite. Extreme A real Star Wars fan was in line for opening day of the Phantom Menace. True, true. And I think you're the mid-range Star Wars fan. I'm the opposite extreme. That is, I will read, I will watch anything that has Star Wars on it, including the Christmas special. I will just take it all in. I'll make my own judgments. I won't like it all. But if it's out there and it's got Star Wars on it, dang it, I'm I'm in line. Think about how, like, George Lucas creates an entire universe. Like, how do you pull that off? Like, I realized really Star Wars, the original movie, was really his. And then, you know, he brought in other directors and everything else. But it's like, how how do you do that? So, I, I've learned this about myself, brother. Um, my heroes in this world have been world builders. Disney. Lucas, Tolkien, and Jim Henson. Those are, to me, my four creative heroes. And and a fifth would probably be Chris Metzen, who was the creative director for um, Blizzard, who created StarCraft, Warcraft. I mean, all these incredible... He didn't single-handedly, but he was was the the main kind of story creator. Um, uh, He was the guy. So world builders, to me are the most impressive people. And because of what you just said, Tolkien, like Tolkien was probably the first of his kind, right? Like to, to really do, um, you know, or, or perhaps I, I suppose we could go back as far as like King Arthur. Right. Um, but I mean, ultimately I, I, su- I suppose we worship a world builder quite literally. It's what it's what God did. So when you see these guys, they're doing on a micro level. They're they're embodying an aspect of God. They've created a whole world, 
populated it with lore and legend and people and morals and um, afterlifes. And I mean, it's pretty epic. And there, I, I see a glimpse of God in that. And I, I think it, it glorifies God, that creative ability that they have. Hmm. But yeah. here I am waxing theological. So uh, to answer your question, um, yes, yes. Simplify Church, my friend, simplifychurch.com. What? Simplifychurch.com? Yeah, simplifychurch.com. Um, you know, they don't create worlds, but what they do is they create worlds of time for you, Pete, to actually. <laughs> uh, do you want some crackers with that cheese? Yeah. So what, what, what they actually do is they help you do IRS compliance. They'll send out end of year tax receipts, which if you haven't thought about now, dang it, you got to get those out by the end of July. Or Sorry, January, July. not July, not July, not July, January. Got to get those out by the end of January so people can do their taxes. End of year tax receipts, got to have those out. And if you haven't thought about that, you probably ain't going to have nobody giving to you next, next year. So hurry up and get that crap out. Go to simplifiedchurch.com, get in touch with Josh Henry and tell them that Peyton and Pete sent you. Cool, I appreciate it. You're welcome, my friend. Well, hey, you know, thanks for joining us today for this very special episode of the Church Planner Podcast, the holiday edition, which uh, we're coming at you. Normally, we don't know what we would have done for holiday edition, but uh, because Mandalorian season two had a grand finale. Um, we, we thought we just, would too. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hey, it, it, we just want to we just want to call out J.J. Abrams, who said we can't satisfy the original trilogy fans while also appealing to a new, younger audience. That was his statement. It was kind of an excuse uh, for the last movie. And uh, Brandon Brookson over a meme that showed uh, Dave Favreau. It says, hold my beer. Hold my beer. And uh, we're going to end on that note. You know, 2020, hold my beer. And uh, let's hope that uh, we're 2021 is more like John Favreau when we see the back of 2020, which is more a bit like J.J. Abrams. <laughs> Where's Ryan Johnson fitting into all of this? Ryan Johnson is 2020. Yeah, That's a really you. good point. I think 2019 was hopeful like JJ, but 2020 was Ryan Johnson. It tanked the whole thing. So, guys, this has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going, like John Favreau, and do what nobody's doing, like Dave Filoni. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music.